Today, we're interviewing ChatGPT. A couple months back, my friend Lachlan, here he is, told me about this thing called prompt, prompt engineering. engineering. I'm not sure if this is what it actually means, but how I understood it was that instead of going into a bland ChatGPT tab and typing, are you my father, and getting some robotic response like this, you take your time. You actually give it some character. Tell it that it's a 50-year-old casual drinker from Brisbane who can't afford to miss the UFC this weekend, and you get an answer like this. Much better, isn't it? So we decided to do exactly that create the perfect podcast guest. We gave this guy all the tools he needs to be a Giga Chad. The ultimate sad story. A precise answering style. He's written four best-selling books, recently taken up jiu-jitsu, and has a combined personality of Jordan Peterson, Plato, and Matthew McConaughey. He is Dr. Rocker Fukashi, and we'll be interviewing him today on episode 10 of Becoming Egyptian. First question that we were going to ask him is basically, you know, as you recall, Dr. Fukashi, obviously he's in front of us. I don't mean to talk about him like this, in front of him like this, but he got caught up in the, in the news recently with a bit of a scandal about what he said about uh, <laughs> Big Pharma. <laughs> what do you think about like his comments? Do you agree or disagree? I strongly disagree with Dr. You disagree I with I disagree with his okay. comments, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> okay. Well, Sachin, you know how I am, I call it like I see it. Big Pharma and I have never been the best of friends. Their profit-driven motives often overshadow their supposed commitment to public health. My recent comments were just a way to shed light on the shadowy practices and exorbitant pricing in the pharmaceutical industry. The media might not like it, but sometimes the truth stings a bit, doesn't it? A patient cured is a customer lost. Everyone knows the motto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you can't blame them for being profit-driven then, can you? No, you can't blame them, but you can you, shun them. You can. And that, that's the government's job, to regulate that. But soon that's going to be our job. Yeah, 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 it is. Once we grow the audience here, we can yeah. start regulating people, right? Yeah, just institutions. We can start marketing and regulating institutions, yeah. But I, I actually agree with Dr. Fakashi here and his comments on Big Pharma, man. I think I honestly don't know why the media you know, got up his back for it. It doesn't make any sense. Well, nothing here makes sense. He's saying what he's saying because he wants the media to get on his back so he can have his 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, and that's yeah, the yeah. part of yeah, what he's okay. doing I agree with. Okay, well, let's ask him then, because that's a good point. Maybe he's just saying all of this. As are we. In front of the media. As are we. we. He doesn't actually mean what he's saying. Sell my soul? Now, that's a dramatic twist, Sachin. No, I don't play those games. My words are a reflection of my beliefs and convictions. I don't dance to the media's tune. If I've stirred the pot, it's because I believe it's high time we address the issues in the pharmaceutical industry. I won't water down my opinions for a headline or two. Wow. Wow, this guy. And he won't water down his opinions for headlines. But the thing is, the media's tune is to make someone an overnight sensation, which they made Dr. Fakashi. And so yeah. he is now dancing to their tune. Like he, they have one purpose in this world, the media, and that's to cause bus stops and flare-ups. They did their purpose. He's got his limelight. Like, is, is this guy actually... Is he here to help people? No. Maybe, what if he's looking for his 15 minutes of fame to help people? I think the best way to have good actions reverberate around is not through the... Um, medium of fame you okay. do, that's not necessary right. it so has to be more organic than that How, it needs to steal the culture ah yes 
Where have we heard that before? Okay, how would you explain <laughs> that then if something needs to steal the culture? Well, you start in little pockets in existing society and you try and affect change in your local um, community if you can, or even just in your house, do something good. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't need the um, platform that I think you need to actually affect change because the change that can be affected from that platform downwards will be imposed. It'll be sort of like a, I'm doing it, so do as I do kind of thing. And then out of pressure, people will, I guess, be influenced, but that's why we call them influencers, right? But I don't think um, any influencer actually has a positive influence mm. ever. Like with no exceptions, there is no positive influence from an influencer. This like is when, not like when we say we're trying to do good in the world with our podcast, you know, provide knowledge to people and this and this. We're not doing any actual good and it's impossible for us to do no. so. Yeah. Wow. Interesting take. Do you... <laughs> do well, you... Let's ask Dr. Fakashi. <laughs> yeah, let's see what Fakashi has to say about this. Sid. You've hit upon an interesting point. Being in the media spotlight does have its challenges, but it also offers a platform to influence change and spark important conversations. It's a double-edged sword, my friend. Whether you're seen as a hero or a villain, what matters is staying true to your principles and using the attention to drive positive impact. All right. Is this bullshit or not? What do you mean? He's, he's got a good point. So he says it's a double-edged sword. What's the positive edge? Can you explain this to me? Because I seem to be in the lurk here. He said it right here. He said... You need, right, okay, you need to, you create a, a spark, you spark important conversations. And you do. Well, I don't. You wouldn't even be making comments about stealing the culture if you hadn't been introduced to Jordan Peterson, which was introduced to you through the online medium. Yeah, but that's the fallacy, right? That I would have never come across that concept had it not been for that method. You, There's you were, no you, proof of that. You, you had the momentum from God. The uh, the original um, culture stealer, yes. Wow, okay. So what you're telling me is that... <laughs> no, you get... Okay, I get it. You get thrust into the limelight. That's different, right? Mm. But I, I just think almost 100% of people aren't thrust there by uh, mere or sheer happenstance. It's always... It's calculated and coordinated in some way. Yeah, that I definitely agree with. It, there is no mistake. There is no such thing as I did not expect to get here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the most uh, oppo- like self-opposing sentence you can say. Why is that? Like when people make it into like in business or in they become a star after wanting to be an actor for so long and they're like, I truly did not expect to be here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but then that, that's why we have people like Ricky Gervais here, right? <laughs> yeah. To get those people in line. Well, okay. So... I wanted to get into uh, your book, Dr. Fakashi, because one of the books that he actually wrote um, is all about the youth, right? And the fate of our youth. This is one of his bestsellers. It mm. called it the alchemist of his work, right? He yep. wrote a bunch of other books, but no one wanted to buy that shit. They all wanted to buy the fate of our youth. Yep. I read the fate of our youth. I've got my opinions on it. Um, just up front, you know, what do you think the fate of our youth is, Sid? The book or the... Co- no, our youth. <laughs> The fate of our youth. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Let me, let's ask the expert. Let's ask the guy who wrote the book. Okay. Ah, the fate of our youth. It's a topic that hits close to home for many, 
isn't it? In the book, I explore the challenges and opportunities facing today's youth, particularly in this complex, ever-changing world. Are we doomed? Well, I'd say we're at a critical crossroads, but there's always hope. It's up to us, as individuals and as a society, to shape the destiny of our youth. We're not doomed unless we choose to be. It's all about taking responsibility and making informed choices. Yeah, well, this is the ultimate question, isn't it? Are we doomed? I'd say we're at a critical crossroads, but there's always hope. So he's hiding behind the ambiguity. You've yeah, got to hate I, that, right? Like, oh, the question is insufficient. The question is unanswerable. Just yeah. See, this is the, the, this is shit because we're always at crossroads. Always. Try name a time period where we're not at a crossroads. Exactly. Also, we're asking you a question. Like, we know that it's not gospel. Whatever you're saying, just give us your answer. And oh, you know what? I can't stand. Yeah, let's just ask him to give the answer, man. Just give the actual the actual answer. Fair enough, Sachin. In The Fate of Our Youth, I argue that the future of our younger generation is uncertain but not necessarily doomed. It depends on the choices we make as a society and how we address the challenges they face. It's not all gloom and doom, but it's not a walk in the park either. Yeah. This guy has to be the most unworthy professor we've ever had. It's it just, it, I, I hate it. It's a this. shame. It's a shame because he's a great guy in person. No, but the <laughs> thing though, right? It's not just Dr. Fukashi that I've got a problem with because all these professors in the intellectual circles are drawing this fake hypothesis of some big fat problem going on and then they build entire careers off of it so dr fakashi is not alone he's not alone in this endeavor there's this epidemic in the in the academic space amongst the professors right they pose the ultimate question why are we so depressed today why are we this and this and this yeah there's some depressed people but there's actually a lot of happy people and people that are on track in life why is this a big question uh, the the mistaken, uh, misguided meaning crisis that doesn't actually exist, eh? There's no meaning crisis. The thing that we started this podcast for and because of doesn't actually exist. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we've been this- tackling it. We've, discuss- we've discovered that all you have to do is tackle something. As soon as you tackle something, the entire meaning crisis goes away and it's not a crisis. It's just, it was just a personal period in your life. Or if it was a crisis societally, they've commodified it and made like self-help packages it's like, here's the 10, yeah. 10 ways to get out of the exactly. meaning crisis. And like, the 10 ways to get out of the And maybe they work. Maybe they work. And yeah. But it doesn't matter. Like, you still milk the cash cow for every last yeah. cent. So. Still five ninety nine, right? Yeah. And that's what I hate about it is they're not these guys, the, the gurus, uh, you know, teaching you how to live life properly. They're not just saying $5. They're trying all the marketing schemes. They're doing five ninety nine. You know, they're trying to do these supermarket schemes. <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't get this whole neo supermarket effect. Yeah. The, the web has become one big fat supermarket for trying <laughs> to get your life in order. And yeah. you, would you go to the supermarket to fix your life? Never. Never. No, no you wouldn't. I'd go as far as I can from the supermarket. But this is what I don't understand about... Do- I, okay. Every generation faces its unique set of challenges, and that includes today's youth. While they share common human experiences with previous generations, they also grapple with issues like technology's rapid advancement, shifting societal norms, and the environmental crisis. It's not about being normal or not, it's about recognizing the distinct challenges and opportunities of their time. And trust me, they've got their work cut out for them. So he's just completed the trifecta of stupidity right there. Yeah. So here it is. Okay. The, The first, yeah. The first thing is he hasn't answered the question. He's evaded it. The second thing is he earlier up somewhere in maybe second or third one, he said, but that's just what I think. That's Mm. just my opinion. 
It's like, nah, I thought it was your grandma's. The third thing he's done now is he said, trust me. That's the worst thing. When someone says mm. something you don't agree with, and he's like, trust me, bro. Yeah, That's yeah, not, yeah. oh, yeah. you haven't convinced me because of that little... Yeah, yeah, he has completed the trifecta here. I've honestly lost a lot of respect for you, Dr. Fakashi, in this. Which is a shame, because he's shame. a great guy. And I held him on a pedestal before this episode. Yeah. But the fact that you can't... But pedestals break. But here's, here's the thing. The fundamental principle he's arguing is that everyone, everyone battles with their unique problems, all generations, all periods in time. He says, this time we've got technology to grapple with, the environmental crisis, and uh, society, changing societal norms. But those weren't those three things always occurring. Like, <laughs> those are the only know, three. Time, those are the only three things that we have in life, right? Technology, of course, now it really looks like technology, right? Now a smartphone really looks like yeah. a phone. But we had a rock, right? Before anything that makes a man's life easier is exactly. technology, right? So that's one. Changing societal norms. Are you kidding me, right? This this is just like a natural phenomenon when you have a child. They want to be different from their dad. Right? So then that's one generation change. Yep. And then the environmental thing is it just changes by itself. Like you, you, if you can exert no control over that. Like if if a wave wanted to kill you while you were in the ocean, you would be dead. Would you agree? No no arguments here. We're here to argue with Fukashi, not with each other. Not with each other, because that's where the real battle's lost. That's what he wants. He wants to break our bond. The most important thing in life, in my view, is purpose. Without a sense of purpose, life can feel aimless and empty. It's about finding something that ignites your passion and gives your existence meaning, whether that's in your relationships, your work, or your pursuit of knowledge. Purpose is the driving force that propels us forward and makes life truly fulfilling. All right, he might be redeeming himself, Rocker. See, now this so is I'd what like I became to, a fan. I'd like to retract my previous statement on Rocker. He's actually a good guy. Yeah, he's, he's a... Yeah. See... I, I agree with this answer, but is it possible that it, it, it can be something other than purpose? Of course, and he's not right, but he's given us an answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what do you think it is if it's not purpose? We can go with purpose. Purpose is fine. It's a good placeholder. So you're just, you just did exactly what you ridiculed <laughs> Dr. Rocker Bakashi was doing, not answering the question. Yeah, but such is the infallibility of humans, right? What can I say? I see evil in him, not in myself. Right. And that's your problem, because if you fail to recognize the malevolence within yourself, you're in big trouble, my friend. Then you're running Auschwitz. (laughs) Next thing you know, you're beating up the wrong people for no reason. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is a bummer, because I was actually expecting him to beat around the bush here, and then we were going to go into many other things from here. But um, Okay, what do you make of the answer, purpose? Purpose? In... At this time in my life, I feel like, yeah, that is the most... In- oh, maybe, maybe family, but then that ties into purpose, right? Ultimately, it all leads to purpose. So, yeah, I think... Do you mean the opposite? It all comes from purpose? Um, yes, sorry, it all comes from purpose. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, it all comes from purpose. What does it all lead to? Go, one word. You have to answer. It all leads to God. Okay, comes from purpose, leads to God. I like it. That's a nice wow, catchphrase. We should write a book that's based a, on that's that. a bumper sticker right there. Yeah. Wow. But that's just my opinion, and there's many opinions in the landscape of opinions. You know, it's impossible to tell. You know, knowing Dr. Fakashi and his style of answering, it's impossible to tell this when this is the case here and this is the case mm. here. Spoken like a true academic. I know. Just saying a lot, but saying nothing who's, at all. Who's more uneducated than an academic? No one. No one. No one. That's right? the correct answer. Because See, at least you answered me, and you didn't say trust me, bro. 
Well, trust me, no one. Okay. See, I can say trust me when you agree. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, the next one I had for him was actually about his new book, right? So um, he wrote the previous bestseller about our youth, the mm. direction that we're headed. And he failed to answer a question about his own book in the last question. But he's released a new one and it's called Helping You Help Others. Um, and this is why he's actually making the rounds on the podcast. He's wanted to promote this new book, mm. Helping You Help Others. So I just wanted to dive more into that if that's okay with you, Sid. But, I, will, uh, I will allow it. Helping You Help Others is a book I wrote to address a critical aspect of human existence, our ability to make a positive impact on the lives of others. In this book, I delve into the principles of effective altruism and how we can better channel our efforts to create meaningful change in the world. I argue that it's not enough to want to help, we need to do it in the most efficient and impactful way possible. I provide practical guidance on how individuals can navigate the complex landscape of charitable giving, volunteer work, and advocacy to maximize their contribution. It's a call to action, encouraging readers to think critically about how they can make a difference and offering them tools to do so. Ultimately, helping you help others is about empowering individuals to be more effective agents of positive change in the world. Mm. Yeah, everything bad I've ever said about Rocker Fukashi, I'd like to retract. He actually knows his stuff. He's a thoroughly impressive human being. Yeah, I think honestly, he's grown a lot from the whole commercial, the youth book that he wrote, because mm. there he was just hitting on the general, he was piggybacking the off of the general wave of where the intellectuals were headed and so he knew that's where the views were so that's where he went that's where we're going and um but it looks like now he's really come to himself mentioning that purpose was the most important thing in life and then really wanted to help others or help you help others i mean it says it in the title and it makes sense to me mm -hmm. so i feel like i can't piggyback off of this so i'm just going to ask him what is justice and then we'll tell him if what he's saying is right or wrong because we know the answer to justice. Justice, my friends, is a concept that has been debated by philosophers, theologians. Wow, a lot of threads to pull on. So I guess it's, um, there have to be wrongs to rectify. So if you have a good society, there's no justice. Mm. something has to go haywire for you to come in and fix it this is this is the kind of thing that bloody fakashi would always say right because <laughs> it's like he's gonna go out and seek damage and like mm. destruction so that he can then rectify it and be the messiah yes yeah, so that's it's not it's not justice right no it's the, narcissism the, exactly at its finest at its most pompous glorious Right. You can see Fukashi get put into the ideal society where nothing ever goes wrong. Yeah. And he gets depressed there. Yeah. Well, also, also fairness. Like, what, what, what the hell does that mean? Relentless pursuit. Relentless pursuit of fairness sounds like equality of outcome to me. Treated equitably. Right. Equitable, okay, not okay. even equal. Okay. Let's ask him, what do you mean by this? By equitably, I mean that each individual is treated fairly and justly with a consideration for their unique circumstances and needs, ensuring that opportunities and resources are allocated in a way that accounts for differences and promotes equal access and opportunity for all. Yeah, well, I don't know where who started this epidemic of nonsense of equating equity with fairness. Mm. What, like, why is why is a equal distribution what is considered fair? 
Yeah, it's not fair, right? Because that's what that's what comes into our mind straight away, right? Like, um, if I have one, you have one. If I have two, you have two, and that's fair. But where yeah. do you think that came from? Why is that like that? Doesn't even make any sense. Are you like so? Is this like it's not fair because if someone someone i have one you have one but if you contribute three towards society and i only contribute one then that's just inherently unfair if you're contributing that's yeah yeah that would be one thing yeah yeah so i guess output should match input that's one idea but then also just what about what you're endowed with at birth some people are tall some people are short are we going to like chop the tall people's necks because like <laughs> tall people are more attractive than short people Mm, right <laughs> like some things are just given they're like and you you can either get angry about it or you can go <laughs> live a good life and bloody rocker fakashi has taken the route of being angry about it yeah yeah he's a resentful man so he he's a great man but he's a resentful man right yeah that makes a lot of sense man um there's gonna be um difference and imbalance no matter what um metric we're looking at okay right I've got an interesting question for him that I've been thinking about All for right. a while. Can you be um can you be a full Christian or a full Muslim if you don't abide by the full doctrine? That's a good question. Yeah. Absolutely not. Religion isn't a cafeteria where you pick and choose the bits you like. If you want to identify as a Christian or Muslim, you should adhere to the core tenets and teachings of those faiths. Trying to cherry-pick beliefs is a disservice to the religious tradition and lacks integrity. So, no, you can't be a true Christian or Muslim if you don't adhere to the entire doctrine. Wow, and wow. he's picked a side. Religion isn't a cafeteria where you can pick and choose the bits you like. Wow. Where do you stand on this? I don't know uh, Christianity or Islam well enough to comment. Um, who who does? Yeah, who does? So answer. <laughs> what do you think? I think you can't... Um, I think there is a requirement to be labeled the thing you're trying to be. If you're trying to be a full Muslim, a full Christian, there is a certain amount of adherence to tenets you have to do mm. um but what those are is disputable right and also the interpretation of the text and the doctrine can change amongst person to person so someone might be truly trying to live it out to its fullest but that might truly mean something else to someone else mm. and then you have the battle of who's honestly right and there can only be one truth in the situation regardless of interpretation so someone has to go to hell yeah, I mean, two uh, different readings of the same text is not going to end well for either person or for the society they're in. Yeah. Well, do you feel like the text is open to that? Because you know, you like at least Christianity, you know about you know about the writing more than I do. Do you feel like the text is open to ambiguity? Open to. I mean, not open to amb ambiguous in general. Um, I don't find it ambiguous, no. But I know that that's the prevailing sentiment. Yeah. That it's not. That it is. Right. That um, they're trying to be purposefully cryptic and mystical and hide behind shadows and stuff. Like, you know, you ask Jesus a question. He doesn't give you an answer. He's very like, ooh, ah, like all of this stuff. Mm. He gives you an answer to ponder over. And it's like, dude, like, what, what should I do? You know? And so that seems to be what a lot of people think. But you don't think that? No. And are more and more people thinking that it's more and more ambiguous? To, yeah. to suit our more and more, to suit our ever-increasing uh, 
acceptance of difference in society. Yeah, yeah. I think that was really accelerated after the 60s, right? Tune in, turn on, drop out. Yeah. So um, your interpretation is as good as mine. It's like, no, it's not, right? How can Someone two, has to be right. How can two, like the one thing that two interpretations can't be is of equal value. They can be many things, but they right. can't be of equal value. They can be of your own. Yeah. But you can't be both right. It's not how it works. No, you can be both wrong. You can be yeah. both... It, it, it can't be the same um, quantitatively. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised by Rocco Fakashi's viewpoint here because on one hand, he's talking about, uh, you know, it's up to the field to decide. We've got many debates going on in this area and this and this and this and this and this. And in this one, he, he picks a clear side. Very interesting. Yeah, I think he's back on the winning team. But I think, if anything, that speaks to the importance of having a nuanced opinion, right? You don't need to... You don't, if you, you don't need to like be a, a full kamikaze, this is my opinion here. And then because it's like this here, I need to have it like this everywhere. Same yeah. with politics, like because I'm fully conservative, I need to be fully conservative every single idea that I, that I know. Mm. You can be a little bit nuanced with your ideas. And this yeah. is why Fakashi's a genius. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's not as simple as me and you. You and I. <laughs> you yeah. He would never make a grammar mistake like that. He would never. Let's, let's ask him what he thinks about AI. Oh, no, no. We'll ask that next year. Yeah, exactly a year from now. Exactly a year from now. On this day, if we're still alive, we'll ask him again. Um, that's pretty much everything I wanted to ask him on the intellectual front. I mean, actually, uh, Plato or Nietzsche? <laughs> okay. Nietzsche all the way. Nietzsche's philosophical dynamism and critique of conventional morality resonate more with me than Plato's idealism and metaphysical pursuits. Hey, he's answered. What do you make of the answer? Oof, I don't know, man, because I haven't, I haven't read Nietzsche yet, so I don't know. No, just the way, the fact that he answered. No, this is, he's, he's, now he's proving to just be a little bit different than he was at the start. He's clearly bipolar. Or he understands what we want from him, and he's just soothing us. In which case, he is truly the smarter man. Yeah, because he's socially aware, right? Yeah, it's not about like who's right, who's wrong. It's about at the end of the day, who's going to scam you for all the money you have in your bank account. Yeah, and That's what happened when I first landed here. you know. And that does a good full circle back to the whole um, big pharma thing. Exactly. And I, just, just a small note again on this whole thing about it doesn't matter who's smarter. I got in a taxi with a guy when I first arrived here in this country in Argentina. Um, I got in a taxi. I was thinking, man, this guy, he's saying some dumb things. We got to the hotel. He scammed me. He took my money. Who was the dumber person in the car? It doesn't matter how much I've read. It doesn't matter. I suck. I suck. And I went home and I cried. Except this time I didn't have my parents to cry to. I had to use the towel to wipe my tears. If you're waiting for me to disagree that you don't suck... I'm waiting for you to redeem me here, man. Please. <laughs> I think all you can do is scam someone back in return. Yeah. You know, like those, um, really, what is it? Those viral videos from like 2013 on YouTube where um, like a one act of kindness goes a long way. You see mm. those guys on the train in the subway in New York. Like he helps her with one thing and then she's smiling yeah, yeah, for the, the rest of the day. Effect, the chain, chain effect. effect. You got to do the opposite of that. You got to do the damage effect. <laughs> <laughs> it ripples way so faster. Terrorism. Yeah. But start locally. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. That makes sense. Well, this is episode one of Rocker Fakashi. Um, episode 10 in total of the podcast. We made it to 10 episodes. I think that's it for Rocker. I don't want to, you know, overwork him. 
But we're planning on making this an annual thing as AI gets better and I uh, put more effort into the prompt engineering side of it or we hire someone to do it and we can actually make a better character that's not bipolar like Dr. Fukashi currently is, but that just might be because he didn't take his meds because he doesn't agree with Big Pharma, right? Mm. So it all comes full circle and actually this guy's actually a genius. So anyways, thank you so much for watching this episode. I do actually love you. A quick, quick one for Rocco Fukashi before we go. Ronaldo or Messi? Neymar. Becoming Egyptian.